Hey there, and welcome to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. I am your host, Ashley Burkhart, and I am honored to have you here for another week of the podcast. So if you guys tuned in last week, we were with Delaney Spaulding. So if you guys don't know, Delaney Spaulding was an All-American at UCLA, and she is now the current shortstop for Team USA. Yes, that means she's going to be competing in the 2021 Olympics that we'll get to watch this summer. So I am very stoked for this. The thing is, we interviewed her last week and we learned about her journey to play for UCLA and the influence that two of her older sisters who played D1 softball had on her and her passion for the game. You also learned some of her favorite drills at shortstop and how she became so good and really the sacrifices it took for her to live out her dream to play D1 softball. So that's a little bit about her journey to get to UCLA and to become the shortstop for Team USA. But this week, my gosh, this is part two. And this is going to be one of the most heartfelt and epic conversations that we've ever had on the podcast. And here's why. Delaney, in February of 2020, so that was supposed to be the year that Team USA was playing in the Olympics, she was at a practice with Team USA and she tore her ACL while she was there. And basically all the dreams and hopes of being Team USA's shortstop went out of the window because of this injury. And she was in a really dark place, really awful place mentally because she just didn't know how she was gonna be able to get back on the field. But this crazy COVID happens and allows her to get a surgery and have enough time to recover and get strength. And she is now, as I'm recording this, currently practicing with Team USA. So she will be on the field in the 2021 Olympics in Tokyo. So her journey from tearing her ACL and almost ruining all the dreams she had to be an Olympian and get a gold medal for Team USA, which is always the goal, right? It was like shattered. And it's so inspirational, the journey, the hard, the teammates she had around her and what kept her going when she just didn't want to go anymore. That's all things that we're going to uncover here in this conversation with part two with Delaney Spaulding. So if you guys loved last week, I know you're going to love this week and do me a massive favor and share this with anybody who's ever been injured that you know please do it because this is an inspirational story of grit and determination and it will inspire those who are currently going through an injury or who might later on in their career. It happens to a lot of people, guys. So without further ado, here is part two with Delaney Spaulding. Hey there, I'm Ashley Burkhart, owner of Ashley B Training, former D1 athlete, and professional athlete in the game of softball. I even spent a little bit of time coaching at the college level as well. But now I coach athletes and especially youth athletes. And I try to teach them the ways to become the very best versions of themselves. And I know that they can't do that without a support system that will do anything and everything to make sure their dreams and their goals happen for them. A lot of times I hear parents and coaches saying, hey, I'm just going to dish my athlete off to you. Hopefully you can figure out what her issue is. Here's the deal. That's not how we should coach. That's not how we should parent. And I can tell you right now, I'm not a parent, but your athlete is the most influenced by you. And I truly believe that you are one of the reasons why she plays the game. 
And I truly believe you are one of the reasons why she plays so hard. So if we can learn from some of the greats, I'm going to have some of the best softball players, some of the best softball players, parents, even my parents and my family are going to be on this podcast sharing our journeys with you so that when the cleats do come off, you know what to say so that she can learn from her mistakes sooner, so that she can become the best version of her. And that's what we want. We want our athletes to be able to thrive, and that's why we're here. So welcome to this podcast. This is going to get real. This is going to get deep. And I'm here to challenge your thinking. That's why I coach. I'm really excited for you to be here, and I can't wait to hear who else is going to be along this journey with us, learning from some of the best. I'm going to be learning too. So whip out your notebook, and let's head to the next episode. You mentioned that yeah. you're you're injured, um, and you're coming <laughs> yeah. back from recovery. Uh, we yeah. we talked about this off the cuff earlier, but man, you're watching athletes unlimited, wishing you're out there on the field. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wish you were out there too. <laughs> yeah, it, it was tough for the first couple of weeks. I'm not gonna lie, um, but once I you know once I got out of that, I was just really really happy. I was really excited for this new, I guess you call it league that has come to come to light on our TVs and for it to be on mainstream um, ESPN2 and CBS. I mean, that's huge because obviously with college not being on TV this year um, on mainstream and then just to have pro softball, pro softball hasn't really been on mainstream TV, I think. And so um, that's really, really huge to see our the greats play and have that ability for everybody to watch them play. Because me and you know, I mean, we we absolutely know um, of all of these of all of the great um, players that are playing in pro softball right now. But we want the entire world to see that, and so they have that opportunity with this new league, and um, it's huge for our sport. Yeah, and it's perfect timing, in my opinion, with having you know the mm-hmm. Olympics now coming next summer. It's it's almost like that. Um, that little appetizer before the big meal. So let's kind of dive in to your injury. So you were injured. Was it this past spring? Yeah. February. Yeah. Winter, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. February, our very first tour game. Mm, Man. It was, um, (laughs) it was in Palm Springs, right? Um, no, actually it was, it was before that. Oh, no way. Um, yeah, it was, um, at USF. It was, our very first tour game, we had just been practicing for two weeks, three weeks, maybe. And it was our very first game. We were kicking off the stand Sider tour and it was about the sixth inning with my probably is going to be my last at bat, but it's kind of, it's, it's, it's the story that you hear other athletes that where it happens to other athletes and you think, Oh, that's so terrible. Like my heart, my, like my heart aches for her, him and oh, that'll never happen to me. And, boom it happened to me you know like I have prepared my entire pretty much my entire career to go and play at the highest level of the Olympics since 2016 I've been prepping for this year and then boom our very first game ACL meniscus torn Mm. and it was awful it it wasn't I, I wasn't in too much pain I didn't really know what happened it felt I've never been injured let's let's put that out there as well I've never been injured yeah. um I've been very fortunate um to not have a um an injury that kept me out and then, so I knew something felt different I didn't hear a pop 
I didn't necessarily go through everything that, you know, people say when you tear your ACL, didn't have that walked off the field. I was good. Well, they did the ACL test in the dugout and the orthopedic surgeon kind of gave a weird look to my trainer. And I'm like, just tell me, just tell me, I want to know I'm right here. Like, I just got to know. And he goes, well, it looks like ACL may be impacted or affected. I was like, okay, well, didn't want to hear that. (laughs) And so I um, got an MRI the next day and sure enough, ACL medial meniscal meniscus, sorry, which is on the inside part of my knee were torn and it was going to be eight to 10 months minimum. And I didn't have that or sorry, eight to nine months. I definitely did not have that. This was February. The Olympics were in July. This is before everything hit as far as the coronavirus. And so I was like, there's no way I can get surgery. There's absolutely no way. Well, the Olympic Committee sent me to the University of Utah, who has a great orthopedic surgeon out there. So I got another MRI. Turns out, same same um, diagnosis, ACL meniscus. And he was like, you know, same thing, eight to ten eight to ten months, we can get surgery. And he's like, Olympics are out of the question if you get surgery. And I'm like, all right. It, and I'm already in my mind thinking, but I'm like, all right, let me talk to my family. Let me let me let me figure this out. Immediately, I got into the car and I was just like, I cannot get surgery. I cannot. If I, I've been preparing for this for way too long, I'm just going to brace it up. I'm going to go to physical therapy to get my thigh, my, my, uh, my quad, my hamstring, uh, my calf, get it strong. And I'm just going to roll with the punches. I'm going to, I'm going to take the pain, which I wasn't in too much pain, thankfully, or really any pain at all. And I was going to do it. I was so going to do it, Ashley. <laughs> I had been hearing so many people have been like reached out to me that, and it was very hush hush. I didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't want it to be the new, the, the news story. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not the type of player to like put myself out there at all. And so I didn't want anybody to know, but the people, the group, people that did know, as far as like doctors and everything, they would tell me so many stories of like, yeah, we have soccer players who played without ACLs. We have football players that play without ACLs, MLB players. And I'm like, okay, keep it coming. Keep it coming. Yeah. Like, you know, so I had so much reassurance that I could absolutely do this without an ACL. Um, and I was going to absolutely do it without an ACL. And then uh, as we all know, the coronavirus came in, in what was it? Like end of, end of February, I believe mm-hmm. we were at the university of Washington and we flew home. We flew into Seattle that morning, flew home that night because of everything that was going on. I called right away to the University of Utah. I said, I need surgery right right away. Well, and they're like, what? All elective surgeries are shut down right now. So you'll be at the top of our list and then we'll call you. And I was like, well, well actually I'll call you like every day. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so yeah, once I heard in California, at least that the elective surgeries were starting to perform again. I called the University of Utah right away and I said, all right, let's do this. And so they did. My surgery date was May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. I actually drove to Utah because I didn't want to fly because Mm. I knew I had to get a COVID test. Right. So I drove to Utah, got a COVID test on May 1st, and then I had to quarantine for those four days. Um, And then May 5th, I had surgery. And then here we are five (laughs) weeks and five months and about two weeks later. Oh my um, gosh. So yeah, much. it's been a crazy journey. <laughs> yeah, so much to impact too. And I think I'm really glad you said you've never gotten injured because yeah. if anything, this could be the ultimate test because yeah. you know people that get injured, I mean, 
we always hear like your biggest, it's not a failure, like getting injury is not a failure, but like your biggest yeah. like punches to the gut, they really teach you the most. Um, oh, yeah. And so this, this sounded like it was the ultimate teacher. So, you know, 100%. <laughs> so, I mean, first off, what's something that's keeping you? I mean, I, I guess I think I can answer this question, but what is that one motivator for you right now? That's like getting you to the gym, getting you to physical therapy, getting you to work on your mental game right now. Yeah. So I'll start by saying one of the, one of the biggest tips that I've gotten from almost everybody after I announced that I was getting surgery was that, you know, stay in the, it's a grind, stay in the grind, like keep being positive because ACL recovery is, is rough. But like, I'm not going to lie that it's rough. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, okay. Like, thank you so much. But you know, I'm a pretty mentally strong person. Like I, I don't feel sorry for myself. Like I, I am just, I'm in it to win it basically. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, no, I'll be good. I'll be good. Well, oh my gosh, I have never in my life said, no, I can't do that. Or no, I'm not, I don't want to do that. Or are you sure I can do that? Like more in my life. Like that was the first thing that came out of my, my, my mouth. Like Delaney, go on the bike. I don't know. I can't do the bike. No, yes, you can. And I'm like, uh, okay. And like, bef- I couldn't even get like a full, like, what is that revolution on yeah. a bike because I was so nervous and so scared. And my physical therapist would like, he made me one day finally just sit on the bike and do it because he knew I could, because he's no, he knows my range of motion. And so he mm-hmm. knows that I could do it. And I'm like, no, I can't. And he goes, Delaney, sit on the bike and do it. <laughs> I was like, all right, whatever you say, Jeff, like I can't do it. And of course. I proved him right and I did it, but there's just so many obstacles that you have to go over. And so having this injury and being it such a big injury that it is, I've learned so much about myself and so much about my body that I'm very thankful for that. But with my biggest motivation definitely is to get a hundred percent is to get better and knowing how my knee feels and how my left knee feels or my good leg feels and everything. Like I would just want it to feel good again. I think that's my motivation as well on top of my teammates and my team and the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I know that they are working just as hard. I mean, half of my team is at AU athletes unlimited. Another three or four girls are playing in Japan. Like, and then the other like two or three girls, they're training. So what, what am I going to be feeling sorry for myself? Because I had, I had surgery. I I tore my ACL and I'm just going to pout in my bed. Absolutely not. Like I'm going to bust my butt and I'm going to get into physical therapy and I'm going to dominate all of these drills so that my physical therapist doesn't have any more drills to give me because I've just dominated all of them. You know what I mean? Like, and that's something that, uh, you know, I, as soon as I tore my ACL, yes, those three to four days the worst days of life. Like I cannot even comprehend the emotions that I was feeling from tearing it to getting the MRI results to having to tell my teammates, Oh my gosh, Ashley, that was the worst morning of my life. And like not even getting the MRI results can even compare to having to tell the team. Oh my gosh. I couldn't even look at that. Like my head was down while I was talking because there was, everybody was crying and it was, ugh, it was devastating. And then going through that 
and then having decide not to do surgery and then now you know getting surgery and then going through the process i mean it's been a whirlwind of emotions but definitely my my biggest motivation is my teammates um just because i know that like they're doing their thing you know they're doing it they're this is our off season right now technically because you know the olympics are postponed and i know that they are working 10 times 100 times harder than you know me right now as far as softball and so i got to i got to dial it in i got to get better and so that's just that's that's really you know what gets me out of bed and what gets me to the gym and to physical therapy right now I love that we've come full circle. And when you were younger, you were working on perfecting drills and beginning, like trying to get as good as you could at those. And then now you're sitting here back at square one, trying new drills, you know, to enhance your knee strength. And it's, it's like Delaney's coming full circle right now. And, and that's why we all know you're going to come out of this stronger because you have the same attitude that got you to where you were in the beginning. So this is so much fun. And, and honestly, you said your teammates are your biggest motivation and I'm sure they're reaching out to you all the time and mm-hmm. showing their support. How important has that been to you in your recovery? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think one of my, what, besides of my injury, my injury aside, but one of my biggest fears was that I wasn't going to have the same like experience. I wasn't going to, not that I wasn't going to be a part of the team. Absolutely not. My teammates are are amazing and they would never make me feel like that, but I would, I wasn't, I did, I wasn't going to be able to do the same things as I did when I wasn't injured. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And as soon as I got injured that night, oh my God, my teammates, they're amazing. That night we had a team meeting and I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going in rehab right now. This was while we are on tour. I was like, I'm, I'm I'm in rehab right now. Like, can we do it like in 20 minutes? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. Well, Turns out it was actually for me and (laughs) they all came into the training room and they had like a -a Build-A-Bear for me and they, um, I know, and they had a voice recording in it and this was like, I just tore my ACL the night before. And so like immediately they were right there. The coaches were in there, the staff was in there, all of my teammates. And it was just like this amazing moment that, okay, I knew I had their support and I knew they believed in me that they're, they were not going to stray away during this entire process. And then even then, even now with like getting surgery, they sent me a video for right after they constantly are, are and like asking what I'm doing. And then with every single update that I do on social media or whatever, I get a flood of texts texts from them. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, I, I have so much support with like, I have so much support with them alone and it's, it's awesome to see. I mean, they have been there for every single step and that includes the coaching staff as well. So, uh, and I'm so glad you mentioned this because, you know, I've never had a serious injury like this either. And I think it's important that you're mentioning this because I'm sure there are athletes all over this country that are injured and that, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe teammates just don't know what to do you know, to help mm-hmm. that, to help that athlete out. But yeah. apparently the more love you can give them, the better, because <laughs> that's, it just shows team camaraderie. It just shows support. Yeah. It just, it's that little, 
like it's it's a visible sign that there is an end to the this journey, this tunnel that we're in now. And it's like that light that you're that you're striving yourself towards. So Yeah. And and, and I will say another thing is like include them. And so when I was in the dugout and I wasn't playing, I was I was I was still in the dugout and I had teammates like coming up to me and asking like okay like did you see my last at bat and like did mm. you see anything or or like the shortstop would be like okay so like did you see that ball hit in the gap like was I in the right position and I was like oh my gosh like this is amazing like they haven't forgotten about me you know yeah. and so like when you said like um, maybe teammates don't know what to do and I, just absolutely include them still because they are they're there like they are a part of the team like yeah sure they got injured but I mean they're like for me personally like that didn't stop me like that injury did not stop me and so I just think definitely include them because they're still a part of your team yeah absolutely this is so good so what do you think some of the biggest things this ACL tear has taught you are I mean, it's definitely taught me a lot about my body. Yeah. That's for sure. And just like being proportionate, like with your quad and then with your hamstring. I mean, I could talk about that, but <laughs> I think just mentally, I think you take for granted so much when you're like, you're smooth sailing and, you know, we've never had an injury before. And, you know, you just take that for granted. I mean, I, I may may not be able to do some of the things that I had before that I, when I, before I was injured. And so I think mentally of just really, um, focusing on the little things and really, and really dialing in to what you are doing and perfecting it because with rehab, I cannot essentially move on until I have mastered what I am doing for the past, like four weeks, I would say. So I get a new program pretty much every four weeks, as long as my knee allows it. So it's not necessarily how I'm feeling. It's basically like how my knee is, how my knee is doing and Mm -hmm. the biology of my knee. And so, and testing it and the strength of it. And so I have really, really, really focused on that and the little things and perfecting the little things. Like I, at one point could not hop over a line like you like a carpet lining like for a moment there I couldn't even hop over that and like obviously this is later on in my rehab when I was jumping and stuff but I just was like laughing to myself because I'm like I can't jump over the line (laughs) something I should be able to do in my sleep and so (laughs) I think of just obviously the little things and then just another thing is just and embracing the suck of yeah. like what's going on with my injury and recovery because it is hard. Mm-hmm. I didn't walk for a little bit and I started running finally and jumping and um, not being able to ride a bike and not like it was rough. And so just embracing that and understanding that it's part of the process. I really, I really had to understand that because I'm the type of girl where like, you tell me a drill, I'm going to go and do it. And if I don't master it that time, I'm going to do it again until I get it. And I couldn't do that with my, with my recovery because there were certain things that I could not do because I would re-injure myself. And I'm like, no, I can do this, but I know that I can't do this. And then it comes with the whole other side of that of, no, I can't do this. I'm getting over that fear of, 
not wanting to re-injure yourself. Um, it's yeah, it's been a lot. It's been a journey. That's for sure. But that's, what's like been so awesome is to see my growth in this journey Mm. and to see how amazing I feel right now. And I still have about three more months of physical therapy. And I am so excited because I'm like, Oh, I feel great right now. And I'm running and I'm jumping and I'm hitting and I'm fielding Mm. and I feel awesome. And I still have three more months. I'm like, oh, watch out, world. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love I'm this. I'm so excited I for love like this. 2021. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was telling, I told you off air, like we have a training camp in December. And my physical therapist told me in my last meeting that I will be cleared to field, to hit, and to play softball with a brace on come December. Uh. And I'm... I'm just like, praise the Lord, because this is amazing. This is like everything that I've done to get to this point and to get to December, I mean, has been hard and has been rough. My friends, my teammates are playing in Chicago right now. That was hard to see on TV because I should be there 1000%. And so it's been a journey. But ultimately, I know that I will be such a better athlete, but even better person which is more important than after this injury. And after this, I'm like, I'm, you know, it's bittersweet of how, of when and how, and the trials that have come with my ACL tear and surgery, because obviously with everything going on, I wish I did not tear my ACL, but at the same time, like I have grown so much, like, I'm learning stuff about myself that I never even knew. I'm learning stuff about my body that I never even knew. I'm going to be so much better after this. Like, it's incredible. Agreed. I'm just like fangirling over here. I can't (laughs) wait to watch you, you know, in all the clips that are going to be taken from the December, you know, when you guys start practicing and everything. Like, I... I hope that everybody listening is just anxious for you to get back because it's just so awesome to see how you're looking at this process as something that it sucks, but you got to get through it. And you're even laughing at yourself, you know, (laughs) along the way too, which I feel like is just so important in this time. (laughs) Yeah. It's like hitting. It's like when you swing at a rise ball that, you know, the catcher misses because it's so high. Yeah. You just got to laugh. You know, because yeah. and I, I think one thing too, also of what what helped me is, I think that's what I was getting at beforehand is like the three to four days were terrible, but after that, it's almost like who cares? Like your ACL is torn, so what? It's not going to fix itself. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like get over yourself. Stop moping around. Like you, te- you have to prepare for the Olympics. Like okay, you're not going to get surgery. All right, now what? Like, and so that's what I think the mentality that I had in the beginning of, all right, my teammates don't feel sorry for me anymore. Like, sure. We had our cry session, but they don't feel sorry anymore. Like they're, they're preparing to win gold and I'm right there with them. Mm. So I just, how can I contribute? I'm going to do physical therapy. I'm going to get strong. I'm going to put a brace on it. And there I go. You know what I mean? So that's also kind of helped me out as far mentally too. This is so awesome. And I love that you're also embracing the little things like from Mm -hmm. the get go. It's like that one clearance, you know, and then the next clearance and then, Hey, I can jump now too. And, and that's, it's, it's crazy and probably weird for me to say this, but it sounds like there are certain aspects of you realizing how strong you are and how much you've, how far you've come. And it's almost like 
it's been one of the most exciting journeys for you to see that progress. Yeah. And that's true. It's kind of weird to look at it that way, you know, like an Mm -hmm. awful, like it's awful what happened, but the fact that you're like, Hey, suck it up. Like I'm going to go win a 2021 Olympics, you know, whether I just tore my ACL or not, like, here we go. Mm -hmm. Come at me world. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Like I found myself, like I send videos to my family of me just riding a bike or of me into full extension or, you know, like just like you were saying, I'm just celebrating each milestone in this ACL recovery. And it may be super faint, but in ACL world, that's like this big, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely embracing the grind, embracing the suck, embracing the journey because it is one, it is a journey. Hey guys, one of my goals for 2021 is to have more listeners of the When the Cleats Come Off podcast. And honestly, there's only so much I can do on my end. So selfishly, I'm going to ask you to leave a review. And here's the reason why. I want people like you to be impacted by these conversations that I have with athletes like Delaney and athletes like Caitlin Lowe and just learn how to be better in this game as parents, coaches, and some athletes that hang out on here. So in order to get more people like you to listen to this podcast and to be inspired by these conversations, I'm going to need your help. So again, this is kind of selfish, but I'm not ashamed to ask because I know these messages should and need to be heard by more people. So as long as you feel like these conversations are truly helping you think and act maybe differently in this game, for the better, please leave a review. And if you don't feel like leaving one, just rate the podcast or even just share it with your internal tribe. The more people, like I said, that listen to this, the more people are going to be impacted by this beautiful game in the most beautiful way and truly have their athletes be more inspired to become a better version of them. So that's my short spiel and I'm sticking to it. But thank you so much for listening to this episode with Delaney. I hope you're finding so much value in it. I learned a ton from it too. So without further ado, let's head back to the episode. This has been an absolute, you know, amazing conversation with you. I always love when we get to chat about softball even mm-hmm. more when we can support you along this journey of you getting back to the field, playing shortstop for Team USA. This has just been so much fun. And I know so many people have probably gotten more value than they thought they were going to get in this conversation. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I have. I have like notes out the wazoo in front of me from from <laughs> your journey through this recovery. Because like I said, I yeah. have not experienced this, but you know, I have an athlete right now who just had a big injury and is struggling with it. And I know this is going to help so many athletes look at it as something, you know, rather than something that's happening to them, it's something Mm -hmm. that's happening for them to come out of this stronger. So that's awesome. I'm, I'm stoked for people to listen to this.
Yeah. And I would just say one thing is to find something that grounds you and to, and that can bring you home. Like for me, I've really grown in my faith during this journey. And so if find something write in your journal or um, listen to podcasts or someone who inspires you, you know what I mean? Um, that has really, really humbled me and really got me through this process as well. Mm, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I hope other people are taking notes right now. Find find things that ground you. That's so that's so powerful. Well, before I let you go, how can people continue to follow you? What's your favorite platform to hang out on? How can we follow your journey? Definitely Instagram. I am active on Twitter during like a softball season and during um, Team USA summers. Instagram, my handle is Delaney Lynn. Lynn's my middle name with one N. And then same as my Twitter handle as well. Awesome. Love it. I mean, I love all the things you're posting, especially with you know being a Nike athlete and all the Louisville Slugger and yeah. Wilson things that are coming out. Man, we didn't even dive into that. That'll be for another conversation. Yes, but, part two. <laughs> yeah, part two. I mean, you did say that your gloves were right behind you. So YouTube Oh, yeah. People, do you want me to whip them out? I kind of do because There's they're just one. so pretty. No, so, I haven't touched them yet, which is upsetting. Yeah. Didn't you say you put stars on the, one uh, of them? Yeah, this is my Olympic beauty. Oh, my gosh. It'd probably be hard to see, but yeah, it has stars on the thumb and the pinky. Oh, my gosh. So those of you listening on the podcast are going to have to go watch the YouTube episode to see these gems. Yeah. That's, ah, geez, they're so beautiful. I know, and it's the new leather that um, Wilson just dropped, their new Mm. launch. Shout out, Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Wilson. I love it. I love it. So now that people can follow you, I have one final thing. I'm going to ask you five quick questions. I call them five okay. to thrive. So five however thrive. you want to answer them, go at okay. it. Let's let's dive in. Let's see. Let's see let's what you it. got here. Okay. Right. So first question is, what's the best part about playing shortstop for Team USA? Being the leader of the infield. Mm. Are, are these supposed to be like quick, quick answers? Yeah. But if you want to dive a little deeper, I'll let you too. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So I guess it comes with a lot of things. I absolutely <laughs> love, I love playing shortstop and then just playing shortstop on a, on, on an elite team, I think is just to the max. Like I just, yeah, just being the leader and having these conversations of what um, position do we want to be in? What shift do we want to be in or play do we want to be in? I think is really fun. Also having elite infielders around me and pitching and, um, um, a catcher on the infield with me, it just makes my life 10 times easier and more fun at the same time. So Ooh, good answer. Okay. I love that. Thanks. So from growing up in California, what was the greatest lesson you think your parents taught you? <laughs> I love that. you're. I, thinking. Would say, <laughs> I know I, I would say the discipline Discipline for sure. Um, discipline in every part of my life, really. I mean, but especially in school and then especially in softball. Like I said before, I mean, if I didn't do well in school, as big as my dreams were, I wasn't going to play softball. Like, you know, I guess technically in travel ball, we don't really have a grade average, a grade average requirement like college does, but you better believe we did in the Spalding household. So, I mean, I remember in, this was back in middle school when I played volleyball, actually, I did not do well in a test and my mom pulled me from the volleyball team. I was so upset. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I was so upset and so embarrassed. And I remember at the time being so mad at her 
And I'm not really looking in the mirror and saying, well, you did poorly on the, on the test. I don't even remember what test it was. You did poorly on the test. And that is the reason why you are not playing volleyball. Um, and so obviously it has definitely taught me so much. <laughs> so discipline wow. for sure. Yeah. Wow. That goes a long way. Did you play other sports too? Other than volleyball? I play volleyball. No, just volleyball and softball. Yeah. I love yeah. volleyball. I love that. It's sport. so much fun. Okay, so what is something that you would tell your younger Delaney self? Let's pick the 12-year-old Delaney. It would definitely be to be comfortable in her own skin and to not necessarily worry about the critics and like what what people are saying about you because I had a tough time with, you know, playing soft growing up in this game because people labeled me as having a bad attitude or people labeled me as somebody who doesn't care to be on the field, but in reality, if you really get to know me, and this is kind of directed at coaches as well as an athlete, if you really get to know your player and you understand them as a person, you can teach them so much more as a player and they will respect you so much more as a coach. And so that's something that I really struggled with when I grew up because the coaches sometimes want to understand that the look on my face wasn't necessarily how I was feeling or what my attitude was okay and I struggled with that because I had some negativity towards me and I didn't know why and then it would turn it would be like a spiral effect into more negativity and it really really affected me until a coach finally understood like Delaney absolutely cares she is a baller and she wants to be on that field like that's when my career shifted and changed. That's probably been no offense to anybody else that's been on the podcast, but that was probably my favorite answer to that question. That was <laughs> thanks. Oh, that was so good. I can't tell you how many times I played and you know, people tried to think that they understood me, but they didn't and it really affected yeah. me. And and that's yeah. so I mean, that even happened to me in the pro league. Like crazy. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. It's like like somebody will come up to me and just say, smile. Like, are you having fun? And I'm like, of course I'm having fun. And Simone Biles said it perfectly on Dancing with the Stars because she got criticized for that Mm. too. She wasn't smiling. And she said, smiling doesn't win you gold medals. That's absolutely true. I mean, I'm locked in. I'm dialed in. I don't need to smile in order to like be able to show that I am having fun or that I want to be there. Mm. Oh, I love that. I love that. (laughs) Okay, question four. Who mm-hmm. were or was some of your biggest role models growing up? And I feel like I know the answer, but I want you to say it. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Absolutely my sisters. I mean, my oldest sister, Amber, played shortstop and wore 99. I played shortstop and wore 99. And then um, my oldest, my second oldest went to the University of North Carolina and pitched there actually and my third sister, um, she did not play college softball, but she has taught me so much about everything else in life that I'm super grateful for. So I have ultimately like three role models that I just think the world of, and they have really just led me down a path to be where I am today. And they are my biggest, besides my parents, that's a given, but they are my biggest, biggest supporters and surprised me at, in Oklahoma City for the Women's College World Series almost, I think every single year. Like, it's, <laughs> they are just, they're incredible. Uh, that's Hands amazing. Down, my sisters. Yeah. That's amazing. All right. Yeah. Well, before I ask you this final question, I want to just thank you so much for, you know, not being afraid to share this, this tough journey that you're currently on, but 
the beauty in it as well. Mm-hmm. And I know so many are also going to be able to learn from the journey of just growing up around the game and how you became, yeah. you know, the legendary softball shortstop that girls next summer are going to be watching on TV. You know, I, I say this because I was that girl when I was little and I was like, man, mm-hmm. these Team USA players, like they have, you know, done something that not many can say that they've ever done. And mm-hmm. it's pretty special and it's pretty awesome that that you could agree to be on the podcast to just share a little bit of your journey. But thank you so much. Thank you for reaching out and for allowing me to be on this podcast, Ash. It's been so much fun. Yeah, I've had a blast too. All right, you ready for the final question? Yes. All right, how do you want to be remembered in this game? Um, It kind of goes back to like what I would tell my little self, my younger self, is just to like, just to be me. And I think, I think that you you grow a lot on the field and that it doesn't become your identity, but you definitely, you definitely grow into your identity while playing this game. Um, especially for how long that we have played this game. So I think that I just want to be remembered as a player who 100% is a good teammate and who just gives everything to my teammate and to make sure to always check in and to, um, just to be that player that everybody can count on and depend on. But also, but to to the outside and to the fans and to the little girls of just like being so comfortable and being so her on and off the field that it just like outpours me and it's like my aura and it's like I'm having so much fun. I'm communicating and, and laughing and talking in between pitches and just being like Delaney. And when you see me on the field, I'm the same person as when you are waiting in line for my autograph. And that's that's basically exactly what I want to portray 24-7. I think softball players are awesome to look up to because we are so relatable and we have the ability to relate to the younger girl because obviously we were them one day, but we'll sit there and we'll have a conversation with you and we'll pump you up. Like if you have a question for us, we'll answer it. If you stop us in the parking lot, we will absolutely talk to you, take a picture with you, sign anything. And so I think we pride ourselves on being so relatable. And I pride myself on the fact that, you know, I can be that role model, that mentor, that person for you and just be relatable and be myself all the time all the time. So, you know, for my teammates, I want to be somebody that they can depend on and that they will always have me in their corner. And then obviously to the fans and to the little girls, I just want to always show that being me, being Delaney will never fade and will never be different on or off the field. Wow. What an answer. You are absolutely (laughs) that and more. I I know it firsthand. I'm honored and blessed to have you as a friend. And I know those teammates of yours are honored and blessed to have you as well. So thank you so, so much for for sharing your journey. This has been so fun and I can't wait for people to talk about it more, you know, and share this podcast with other people because I think the whole world of this game needs to listen to this. Oh, thank you. Yes, this was definitely a lot of fun. Thank you for inviting me, Ash. All right. After listening to today's episode, who has fallen in love with our Team USA shortstop? I have, and she knows it already, but Oh my gosh, there is so much we can learn from Delaney Spaulding. The 
dreams and hopes of playing for Team USA, especially at the Olympics, is what got her through one of the toughest things she's ever done in her life. And that's getting injured. The ultimate injury, right? The ACL tear, the one that a lot of people experience. But because she had her sights on, on Tokyo and because she had teammates around her supporting her and coaches doing the same, that's the reason why she's been able to jump back and get back to where she left off. And I am so excited to watch her play in the 2021 Olympics. Holy smokes. I love, love, love her determination. I love this story so much. If you feel like this is one that somebody who you know has been injured or just in general, anybody that comes to mind when, it, when you listen to this conversation, please share this episode with them. Don't just do it because it helps me out as a podcaster. That's not the point of this. The point of this is to help inspire other people who are going through some sort of a rough patch, physically or mentally. Because Delaney went through the most ultimate one at the highest level. She could have easily said, oh, I guess this isn't for me. The stars don't align. I guess I'm not going to be playing for Team USA. But that never crossed her mind. So that is just one of the many ways I love Delaney. And I hope you guys are excited to watch her play in the Olympics too. Um, I have great news. We're going to have like two or three more Team USA Olympic athletes, like current ones, coming up shortly. And if you love Team USA or you actually don't know these players, I need you to do your research. Because when I was younger, and 2008 was the last Olympics um, that softball was in, And I remember Natasha Watley, Caitlin Lowe, who we had on the podcast not too long ago, and Monica Abbott. These people that I watched play for Team USA are such big influencers on how I think, how I act, how I trained as an athlete. So we need to start looking at these athletes as like celebrities, like role models, like they're doing what I love at the ultimate level, and I need to learn from them how they're doing it, why they're doing it. So that's why we're having these Olympians on the podcast to hopefully spark your mind to see, okay, this is what they did when they were younger, and this is why they succeeded. Or, hey, I'm actually probably not doing the things that I should be doing, not making the sacrifices that I need to make because I do want to play college softball, but the sacrifices are, are what's going to make that happen. So if you felt inspired by this conversation, please share it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you like to hang out on social media, please screenshot this episode or share it. I'm just so grateful that, that I could have Delaney on and I'm so excited to share with you who else is going to be on. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out with me this week. I'm excited for you guys to see who's going to be on the podcast next week. But until then, hope you guys have an incredible week. Bye for now.